All in. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers. Thank you that you answer them for our good and for your glory. And Father, this morning as we think about prayer again, we pray that you'll encourage us, that you'll challenge us to be people who are more devoted to prayer. Help us, Lord, we pray by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so this morning is our final sermon uh, in our series on prayer. Next week, we move into Lent, and we're going to be considering the question each week, why did Jesus have to die? And we're going to look at uh, what that means and how we can answer that in many different ways. I wonder how prayer for you has changed over these um, last few weeks, this last month or so. Maybe it hasn't, but I hope that it has. We've been reminded of some great truths about prayer. The privilege that we have in prayer as we can approach the creator of the world in prayer. We can approach him as our father. How we're to be persistent in prayer, knowing that our Father delights to hear our prayers, knowing that He will answer them for the good of His people and for His glory. The importance of prayer in the life of the Christian and in the church. That Martin Luther quote that I've used a couple of times, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. We thought about being devoted to prayer, being earnest in prayer, knowing that God is the one who is in complete control. Prayer is an amazing privilege that we have as God's people. And so as we conclude this series on prayer, why not spend some time reflecting on our own prayer lives, how we've been encouraged, how we've been challenged in prayer. And so this morning I want us to be encouraged I want us to encourage us to pray with our Bibles open. Because as we do that, as we read God's Word, as we hear about Him, as we see the things that He does, the things that He loves, then it will drive us to our knees in prayer. And I hope that's something we already do. We, I hope that we sit and open our Bibles as we pray. I'm not saying that we do that every time because it would be uh, quite a dangerous thing to do if we're driving down the road and we're praying and we sort of open our Bibles. I'm not saying we should do that. Um, it's good to pray on the go. But, but let's commit a time each day where we open our Bibles and pray. Because prayer is a two-way conversation. God speaks to us in his word and then we speak back to him in prayer. We've been given such an amazing gift in the Bible. We aren't left wondering who God is, what God is like. We're not left wondering about what he's saying to us today or um, how we're to pray. He has given us this book. 
And so as we read the Bible, as we meditate on it, we're driven to our knees in prayer. And when I say meditate, I don't mean in the sort of popular sense where we empty our minds. Biblical meditation is about filling our minds. The Hebrew word to meditate is to chew, to chew on, to chew on some thought with the teeth of our minds and our hearts. And we can relate to that, can't we? When we have a good bit of steak, we sort of spend a bit of time chewing it and enjoying the flavour and savouring that piece of meat before we sort of swallow it and digest it. And that's what we're to do with God's Word. We're to chew on it, to savour it, before we then digest it. We see it throughout the Scriptures, the idea of meditating. The Psalms open with whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. A bit further on in Psalm 119, cause me to understand the way of your precepts that I may meditate on your, work, your wonderful deeds. O Lord, how I love your law. I meditate on it day, all day long. As we meditate on God's word, our love for him will grow. It will drive us to our knees in prayer. Tim Keller, in his book on prayer, and I'm sure I've mentioned it a couple of times, but it is a brilliant book um, on prayer. He says, our prayer should arise out of immersion in the scripture. We speak only to the, de de to the degree we are spoken to. The wedding of the Bible and prayer anchors your life down in the real God. Thomas Manton, one of the Puritans, says, Meditation is a middle sort of duty between word and prayer, and hath respect to both. The word feedeth meditation, and meditation feedeth prayer. We must hear that we be not erroneous, and meditate that we be not barren. Our Bibles being open when we pray anchors our life in the real God. As we meditate on those truths within Scripture, that will deepen and enrich our relationship and our prayer life with our Father. As we chew on His Word, as we fill our hearts and minds with the truths within it, we will gravitate more towards Him and away from the things of this world. And so I want to encourage us this morning to have our Bibles open when we pray to chew, to meditate on His Word. And as we do that, I want to give us a tool to help us pray, which flows out of our Scripture reading, which flows out of the Lord's Prayer. And it's the acronym ACTS. A, Adoration, C, Confession, T, Thanksgiving, and S, Supplication. As we look at the Lord's Prayer, we see those four elements within it. As we read God's Word, as we meditate on it, those four things will come out in our prayers. And so that first uh, letter A, adoration, prayer should always begin with us acknowledging who it is we are praying to. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. The most appropriate way to begin prayer is with adoration. Our praise and adoration for our great God flows from the pages of the Bible as God reveals himself to us both in creation and in his word. The Psalms are a brilliant place when it comes to prayer. They give us so many examples of what it looks like to pray. They're filled with verses, with lines, with prayers of adoration to our great God. If you're ever struggling to pray, then read the Psalms and pray those. Here's a couple of prayers that we read in the Psalms. Psalm 8 verse 1, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 65, verse 8, The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call for songs of joy. There's just a couple, but there's loads in the Psalms where we read this, of the psalmist praising and adoring their great God. When we read passages like Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. Or verses uh, such as Matthew 19, 25, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. When we read verses like that and passages like that, our hearts and mouths are filled with praise and adoration for our great God for his grace, for his mercy, for his sacrifice, for his creation, for making the impossible possible. When we read verses like Philippians 4, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And all those things are found in Christ. And so our response to chewing on those verses is prayer, is praising our great God for who he is, for what he has done. As we ponder those characteristics of God, as we ponder the excellencies of God, we'll come before him humbly in prayer. We'll come before the one in the right way who deserves all our praise and honour and glory. We'll come boldly with praise and adoration, but we'll never come arrogantly or presuming on God when we begin with adoration, when we begin by recognizing and reminding ourselves of who God is. And so as we begin that way in our prayers with prayers of adoration, it leads us then to recognizing our sin and confessing that. It leads to giving thanks to God. It leads to asking God. And so we begin with adoration. Then we get to the C, confession. Having seen who God is and being reminded of who we are, we make our confession. And just like adoration, confession is a vital part 
of our prayers. True confession is not sort of repentance motivated by a desire to escape the consequence of our sin or the cost of our sin. My kids do that. They repent in that way. They've done something wrong and they come and say, sorry, I'm really sorry for for whatever it is that they've done because they know the consequences. They can't play on the Xbox for the rest of the day. True repentance isn't like that. True confession is falling solely on the mercy of God. It's going to God with a contrite heart, with godly remorse for offending Him. We mourn and confess our sin because it dishonours Him. And we have a great example of that again in the Psalm, Psalm 51, that great Psalm of David. He knows that he sinned against God. And so he cries out to God for mercy. He doesn't excuse his sin. He doesn't blame somebody else. No, David confesses his sin with godly sorrow, knowing that ultimately he has sinned against God. And so we read in that psalm, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Cleanse me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Creating me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. All sin is ultimately against God. Yes, it impacts those around us, but it's ultimately against God. And so David cries out to God for his mercy. And he knows that if God shows mercy to him, then he is the one whose sin has been washed clean. He knows that God is the only one who can remove uh, the stain of sin. He's the only one who can forgive sin. And so he cries out for God's mercy. And when the Lord forgives, that record of sin is removed. But we know that yes, we are forgiven in Jesus. Yes, our sins are washed clean in him. But we still sin. We live in a world that is filled with sin. We live in bodies of flesh that are sinful. And so we need to keep short accounts with God. Yes, we have been forgiven, but we still sin. But we're thankful that in Jesus, God's perfect sacrifice, our sin is removed. By his death on the cross, by his shedding of his blood, our sin is washed clean. So we make our confession, we keep short accounts with God. It is good and right for confession to be part of our prayers. So that's the A and the C. Let's move on to the T and thanksgiving. 
A few weeks ago, we thought about being devoted to prayer with a thankful heart. And so we're not going to spend too much time on Thanksgiving this morning, apart from to say that Thanksgiving should always be a part of our prayers. Let's be like that one leper out of the ten who were healed, who stopped and turned around and went to Jesus and gave thanks to God. Let us do the same. Let's follow his example. We've never a shortage of things to be thankful for. And as we're thankful in our prayers, it helps us not to be discouraged. Because there are so many things to be thankful for. And if all we ever do is focus on the one thing that um, God has not answered or we don't think God has answered, then that will discourage us. So let us thank God daily for his grace and his mercy. Let's thank him for the new life that we have, for the forgiveness of sin that we have, for being credited with the righteousness of Christ. We can never say we have nothing to pray about because we've always got something to be thankful for. Psalm 24 verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let's give thanks in our prayers to our great God for all that he has done for us. And then finally, S, supplication. We ask our Father in heaven for the things that we need. Philippians 4 verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. There is nothing too big or too small to bring before the Lord in prayer. It reminds me of a children's song that we used to do all the time. Nothing's too big, nothing's too small, nothing's too much. He cares for it all. There is nothing that we can't bring to God in prayer. We're to bring our requests, our petitions, our desires, our needs to our Father in heaven. And remember, he knows what we need before we even ask it. And so, we don't have to go to the Lord in prayer in such a way that we're trying to soften him up, ready for our long list of needs. Because he already knows what we need. And we know, as we've seen in the series, that God will give us what is good for us and for his glory. We don't have to bargain with God or make deals with him. He's our Father who cares for us. He knows what we need. And so that's why praying with our Bibles open is so valuable. Because then we know the things that God loves. We know the things that God hates. We will see as we read the Bible, His goodness. We know it in our lives. We'll see his love for people and his, and his desire to see people saved. And that will inform our prayers. The Lord our God, our Father, loves us and cares for us. He knows what we need and will give us all that we need.
Arthur Pink said this, Prayer is not appointed for the furnishing of God with the knowledge of what we need, but it is designed as a confession to him of our sense of the need. In this, as in everything, God's thoughts are not ours. God requires that his gifts should be sought for. He designs to be honoured by our asking, just as he is to be thanked by us after he has bestowed his blessing. We can go humbly before our God and ask him for all that we need. He knows what we need and he will give us all that we need because he loves us and cares for us. And so there's the tool that I find helpful in prayer and hopefully it will be of some use for you using the acronym ACTS. Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving and Supplication. What a privilege we have to pray. Let's be devoted to prayer, knowing that our God hears us. He loves to hear the prayers of his people and that he answers them for our good and for his glory. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the many reminders that we've had, for the many encouragements, for the many challenges we've had during this series on prayer. Thank you for the reminder of the privilege of prayer. Thank you that you delight to hear us pray. Father, thank you that you hear our prayers and that you answer them. Thank you that you give us all that we need. Thank you that you answer prayer for your glory. And so, Father, at the end of this series, we pray that you'll change us by your Spirit as individuals and as a church to be more devoted to prayer. Help us to encourage one another in prayer. And Father, we pray that you'll use the prayers of your people for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.